Hello, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie, and we are bringing you another midweek mini-sode. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing great. Glad to hear that. We hope everybody listening is doing well, too. So today, we're continuing our mini-series on some of the prayers that we read in the New Testament. And we've kind of combined a prayer from First Thessalonians and a prayer from Second Thessalonians. So we're going to be in First Thessalonians 1, verses 2 through 3, and then Second Thessalonians 1, verses 11 through 12. So let's just kind of do it in halves, Jamie. Let's start by talking about the First uh, Thessalonians 1. Do you want to read that for us? Yeah. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this one's kind of short and sweet, which is why we sort of combined it with a prayer from Second Thessalonians. But again, I think it's such a nice reminder that like we don't need a thousand words or an hour of uninterrupted prayer time to pray something very significant and profound for whoever we're praying for. Yeah, they I mean, they start off by just, you know, giving thanks. And we've got this whole continually versus, you know, con- continuously thing, because you've got yeah. like, the continually is often all the time, never, uh, never going long without mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. continuously, which is like never stopping. So but, you know, always mentioning you in our prayers. And then um, but just remembering the work produced by faith. And I just think that's something that I don't do enough of is that remembrance, the Ebenezer's like, okay, let's just take a minute. Let's, let's stop plowing ahead. Let's stop visioneering and and looking forward and let's look back a little bit and just remembering before God. And, and that I think is a Mm. good point that you can just sit there and remember things that God has done in the presence yeah. of God. And that's prayer. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a form of prayer. You don't have to be talking to God about it, but just just kind of together, even reminiscing with yeah. someone about some of the things that God has done in the life of your church or your ministry or your friendship or your whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. You know, I like to sometimes try this. It doesn't have to be remembering the biggest things God has ever done for you, right? So sometimes at night, I like to just go through my day, right? I picture waking up in the morning and just kind of visualizing step-by-step through my day. And I'll, I'll be honest. I often don't get to lunchtime before I'm distracted or asleep, but it's a cool practice to just remember before God. I think that's such a great way to put it. I'm remembering before God, the things we did together. You know, I was uh, coaching a group of Christian authors and We were talking about just kind of that dichotomy between being humble, but also like feeling a sense of accomplishment because it is really Mm -hmm. cool to get a book out there. And, you know, I have my books behind me on my bookshelf and we were talking about that because for me, it's not, oh, look what I did. It's these couldn't have been done without God. And seeing them every day reminds me that God can help me do something like write an entire book, right? So I love that picture of remembering before God. 
And I think some of the remembering can be remembering the process. I was listening to a book that that you and I were going to talk about um, mm-hmm. that that kind of the author says now that she that it was about writing and just how now that she's done several projects and this can be extrapolated to ministry, to mm-hmm. housework, to whatever it is yeah. that you want to involve God in and do for his glory. After she's done it several times, she starts to see patterns and she starts to remember, oh, this is the part where I get so excited that I can hardly contain myself. Yeah. Oh, this is the aftermath when I totally crash (laughs) and I wish I had never heard of this topic or committed to writing this book. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the part where I push through. And if I get to a certain place, I see a turn and it starts to get easier, you know? So like, I think it's kind of a similar thing. You can also remember, oh, this is the part where I get to the end of myself, but that's okay. Cause when I ask God for yeah. help, I always see a way out and forward mm-hmm. and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, where you can even remember some of the not so great stuff. It's not yeah. just, oh, God did what I asked him to do. It could yeah. be, oh, I remember that God did the exact opposite of what I asked him to do, but look what came out of that in me and through me mm-hmm. and in this situation, like they're all different ways to do that kind of remembering. And it doesn't yeah. always have to be just, you know, this is the grocery list I came home with after prayer. You know, I know we've talked about it before, but I love the picture in Isaiah where the army, the enemy army has sent this threatening letter to the Israelites. And I think it's Hezekiah, the king, he takes that letter into the temple and basically like lays it out before the Lord. Right. So I almost feel like, let's say you get a letter from your doctor that has really scary news on it, symbolically or or literally laying that letter before God, being like, God, here's what's going on. I feel like that can be such a picture of bringing everything to God, remembering the good things and bringing to him the struggles. And sometimes it's not, here's my cancer diagnosis. God, please help me. It's just, God, here's my cancer diagnosis. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes that itself is the prayer. You know, there's that trope of when a couple is talking and one of them just kind of wants to vent or they just want a listening ear, but the other like jumps in and is trying to get into fix it mode. Right. And I think sometimes we do that with our prayers. Sometimes we jump right into here's something bad going on. And therefore, I need to tell God all the ways that he could choose to make it right. (laughs) You know, so. Mm. Yes, it's great to be at that point, but sometimes it's also more authentic and honest to just sit with the terrible news or the scary diagnosis or whatever. Yeah, I think of all the kind of I sometimes even as I'm doing it, I kind of laugh at myself where it's like presenting God with all of the ways like, here's one way you could take this and make it work out really well for me. Or, you know, here's here's option two. I don't know if this is my first pick, but you could do this and this and this (laughs) and it would all turn out okay. This option over here, that's not acceptable. We're not Uh going to even consider that one because look (laughs) at all these other great ones that you could do or I'll try to figure out reasons God is doing something. You know, if something happens, I'm like, oh, he's doing that because if that didn't happen, then maybe this wouldn't happen. And so I do a lot Mm -hmm. more meddling than is often necessary in situations. Yeah. 
not that the, you know, the other side of that is, I think we're called to pray specifically if we want to, we're called Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. put what we would like in front of God, but with, with that open handedness of, okay, let's just, I think there's absolutely Mm -hmm. a time to just sit with it and just be like, God, what are you going to do with this? Because I know that in the end, it's going to be so much better than anything I could come up with. Yeah. Well, and I like that picture of remembering before God, because, you know, they talk about our brains are triggered to remember negative experiences, like five times more or something like that. And so, you know, when you think about maybe, you know, uh, I'm trying to come up with an example. So think about your relationship with your spouse over the last half a year and think about like, what you would consider kind of big moments in your or pivotal moments or just significant moments or just, you know, emotionally charged moments. Most of us are first going to go to the times that we were upset or that we were hurt or, you know, like, so that there's some kind of negative thing, but we focus on those and we forget that 99% of the time things are going really well, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same in our, in our lives. We think about the 1% of the time where we do get that scary news or we do feel bad we don't spend as much time just remembering, oh, God saw me through this or or even just, hey, I had a very mundane day. And that's great because a mundane day means that nothing earth shatteringly horrible happened. Yeah. So even just remembering deliberately some of the good things, you know, especially if there's somebody that you have a strained relationship with, you can, yes, I'm, I'm not saying that we ignore red flags or that we ignore our own hurts, but sometimes we can also focus on, Hey, there were some really good things too. And remember those as well. So again, I think that can be carried too far, right? So I'm not, if you're telling me that, um, you know, if your son is getting bullied at school by someone who used to be his friend, I wouldn't tell your son, Oh, well, just think about all the good times that you used to have together and and everything's okay. Right. (laughs) But in in the process of dealing with like hurt from a broken friendship, can you still remember, oh, well, two years ago we did have this good thing. It's it's now a different flavor than it was was then because the, I, I've seen more of this person. But again, it's uh, just a way to get a little bit more of a big picture instead of just focusing on one aspect of, of what we're going through. Yeah, I think that can be a very powerful tool. And here that, you know, he's remembering the work produced by faith, labor prompted by love and endurance inspired by hope. It's like three separate facets of that Mm -hmm. work. And, you know, just to talk about each of those, the work produced by faith kind of implies that there was a level of unknowing. There was a, you know, there were some unknowns. It wasn't work produced by putting your nose to the grindstone um, because you could do anything that you set your mind to. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, this work that was produced by faith that God would provide each step of the way. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. And then, you know, the labor prompted by love kind of reflecting maybe on the your why, you know, what was the yeah. reason that you even went into this? And well, it was, it was love for this person or love for God and a desire to see whatever it was that he put in front mm-hmm. of you come to pass yeah. and for him to be glorified in it. 
And then the endurance inspired by hope, which is when things got hard, this is what you continued with. You know, your, your yeah. endurance was inspired by hope that there's, you know, you're, you're striving for something that isn't just what you can see in front of you. It's you're striving for mm -hmm. something that has kingdom impact that has, yeah. um, you know, a purpose beyond just our temporal existence. Here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I really, really like that. Let's jump into the second Thessalonians passage. We're in second Thessalonians one, 11 and 12. I'll read that one with this in mind. We constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you know, that first part, our God may we make you worthy of his calling. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's a hard one because I, I struggle with that a lot where I'm just like, man, I like, I, I'm not really suited to do anything for God. I got to clean up mm -hmm. my act. I've got all this stuff right. that I got my own junk. Um, and I don't know, like I, I think there's kind of a twofold thing. And I don't know that this scripture is even saying it, but I think that one, it's really important absolutely to pray that God would make make people that are working for him worthy of his calling in yeah. terms of protecting them from falling into sinful behaviors, yeah. sanctifying them, making them more and more like Jesus as they go along their way. But I think also what I would covet if I were this church being prayed for is that God would assure you that no matter what your situation, that you are worthy of his calling because of who Jesus is and what he did in you, that you are not using your imperfection and your lack of being brought to completion in maturity in your faith as an excuse to hide behind serving. Right. So I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. No, because I think we could do that. We could say, oh, well, this thing that God's calling me to, that's only for people who have this and this together. So since yeah. I don't have this and this together, I can't teach Sunday school or lead this women's retreat or, yeah, there, there definitely is a, I mean, let's just call it imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Oh, this is the kind of thing that God calls certain people to, but I'm not that kind of person. And I would go so far as to say that if you're on the other side of that, like if you're doing the ministry that some people look at saying, oh, well, I couldn't do what Jamie does. I think it's a good reminder for you to be more authentic so that everybody realizes, hey, I don't have it all together either. I'm just here. You know, I'm I'm just as lost without Christ as everybody else, because when you're in certain positions in ministry, there is some pressure to, you know, like I'm picturing the mommy blogger, right? It's going to be really hard for the mommy blogger in certain circles, at least to come out and say, I had a terrible fight with my teen yesterday. And I said things I really, really regret, right? Because there's this sense of, oh, well, I'm the person that people go to for parenting advice. So I already need to have it figured out. Yeah. That's part of what keeps that barrier is that people in these positions that are more visible are and it's not all their fault because we put them on pedestals too, pedestals 
also. I still do it, you know, even though mm-hmm. I know in my head, I do it with mm-hmm. pastors, with yeah. influencers, with teachers, mm-hmm. everything. It's mm-hmm. it's so funny how I, I find myself falling into that mentality and I have to really check it and be like, this is, this is yeah. a person. Of course they struggle. Of course they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking with a friend. She's uh, reading through the Kennedy series and I, I honestly haven't read through them in, in years since I wrote them a long time ago, but she was talking about a conversation. And and so it was a conversation between Kennedy and Sandy, the pastor's wife, that really jumped out to her. And I had forgotten that they even had this conversation, but basically Kennedy is feeling like she's a mess and she's got this unbelieving roommate that she's trying to be a witness to. And she feels guilty because her roommate is also her best friend and is seeing her at her worst. And so she's like, what kind of witness am I being? My friend's watching me fall apart and I'm supposed to be portraying, you know, I can do all things through Christ. And she's watching me, you know, have a nervous breakdown. And Sandy comes back with basically uh, the idea that if we present that becoming a Christian means that everything in your life is neat and tidy, we're doing everybody such a disservice Mm -hmm. because that means that unbelievers are either going to think they can't come to Christ until their life is picture perfect, or they come to Christ and then they realize their life does not immediately turn picture perfect and they think they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Or that it wasn't real, that it's not a real experience or real decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one more reminder to be a little bit more authentic about, yeah, I struggle with these things. Um, so yeah, maybe do you (laughs) should have asked you this beforehand. Do you want to close where we can each kind of just share, Hey, here's a struggle that I bet our listeners didn't think I had, but I do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely struggle with, uh, my home, which I've definitely told everyone before about just, I, have a, I have a very hard time ma- housekeeping, maintaining my home to the point where I am mortified sometimes when people come over or my kids ask for someone to come over. And I'm just like, I they can't. Our house, I can't show this side of myself. And I will find myself recording a podcast episode, writing a blog post or writing part of our book and being like, if if people saw the the little closet that I'm working in and the stacks of stuff behind me and whatever, would they even want to listen to what I'm saying or read what I'm writing? Because they'd be like, well, she doesn't have her act together. You know, those kinds of things cross my mind all the time, as well as losing my temper with my kids because of this constant struggle of not feeling like I'm Um, I don't like conflict. So I'm not a great disciplinarian with my kids. If you spent an an amount of time with me, you would probably be like, she talked to her mom that way and her mom didn't do anything about it. I'm working on it, but I'm not the best disciplinarian. So I am. And I wrote a book about sharing Jesus with your kids (laughs) and, you know, Christian parenting. And I admit that I'm very reluctant to ever mention that because A, I don't do the best job of discipling my kids sometimes. I and I don't do the best job of disciplining my kids sometimes. So I do not have my act together. <laughs> that felt well, good. Well, thanks for sharing. That I'm, felt I'm really so glad good. you got that off your chest. So thanks everybody yes. for listening. And we'll Absolutely. talk to you all next time. Yeah. Bye. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> We've got a couple more minutes left. <laughs> yeah.
No. Uh, and yeah, for me, you know, again, I'll start with the ones that aren't surprises. If you've been listening, at least, you know, somewhat regularly, um, I do struggle quite a bit with depression. It, it comes and goes, you know, sometimes I have, you know, months where it's just kind of very quiet in the background, but doesn't really change things. And then there are times where like, you know, two weeks go by and I'm at 10% capacity just because I'm, you know, kind of physically and mentally depleted. Um, so that's one. I would say one thing that I've been struggling with a little bit lately is just like my relationship with other believers. There are certain things like, so you and I, Jamie, we talk a lot about, you know, not being divisive and being loving and being accepting. And I find that I get kind of hoity-toity and judgy about the people that I see as being hoity-toity and judgy. So I'm basically the exact same thing. Yes. You know, so yeah. there's this idea of, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not nitpicky about, I don't know, do you go to the store on Sunday or not? And so I'm a better believer than this person who thinks that my family's terrible because we ran and grabbed a gallon of milk after church. But again, it's, it's still that same hoity-toity attitude. Yeah. Um, and I would like to say I'm working on it, but basically I'm still at stage one, which is just noticing that that's a problem. <laughs> I haven't, haven't gotten too far beyond that yet. And that's okay. Cause we're, cause you know, that's, that is the biggest thing. And I mean, it brings us into this realm of confession and how mm-hmm. it really as, as part of prayer confession, whether it's confessing sins to God or other believers mm-hmm. or confessing our struggles, mm-hmm. it's so freeing. And it's so such a, such a huge part of this whole thing we've been talking about with Paul and, and the different letters to the churches which is just the importance of of being a community that is willing to be authentic and yeah. support each other, but also give each other so much grace and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully that takes uh, us off any pedestal that you might've thought to put us up on. And I guess beyond that, any other huge takeaways that you wanted to mention before we sign off, Jamie? I just love at the end of this second Thessalonians one, 11 to 12 in verse 12, we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that is the point of all of it is that God, that Jesus be glorified in us and through us and in the things that come out of us, whatever that looks like. And I feel like sometimes we take this burden on of responsibility for the outcome. Like, yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. if, if our conference, if we don't put so much work into this conference or this podcast episode, if it doesn't mm-hmm. come out perfectly, then somehow God is not going to hold up. Or and, if my kids don't or if my kids act don't. and look like perfect Christians. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think we need to just look at this as if we're doing whatever it is that we're doing for God's glory, it's like the loaves and the fish. We we just have this mm-hmm. this like paltry like array of food, like these these little scraps to hand him and be like, this is my very <laughs> poultry best. at first. Poultry. You're like, <laughs> did you like, not <laughs> study animal <laughs> and poultry science? Fish is not poultry. Okay. Right. <laughs> poultry. Um, I get it now. This little tiny amount of food that we yeah. offer up. But 
if it's if it's what we have at the moment and we and it's given mm-hmm. sincerely and freely yeah. to God, he is going to multiply it. He can take care of it. And so Amen. That, I think there's freedom in that. And I love it. I love that he ends with that. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and end the episode with that because I think that's a really encouraging word for us all. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.